Hey guys, before we get going tonight, I want to take a quick minute to talk to you guys about voting. And I'll probably add this on to every podcast between now and the beginning of November as my guess. As I'm sure most people are aware, we are at a critical point in our nation's history, and this is probably the most important election of our lifetimes, or certainly of my lifetime. And I, I just, you know, without getting too political, I want to make sure that everyone is ready to make their voice heard. What that means in preparation for election day coming up is that you have a plan to vote. Uh, and so I just wanted to make sure that everyone out there knows how you're going to vote, knows where your polling place is, and has a plan for either voting remotely or voting in person. It is a critical thing that we do to participate in our democracy at any point, really, but especially at this point in our history. If you're not sure if you're registered, if you're not sure where you're voting, if you're not sure about you know some of the da- down-ballot issues or candidates that are in your state and local elections, you can go to BallotReady.org, B-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-A-D-Y.org, and it will take you through your polling places and, and making sure that you are registered, making sure that you can request an absentee ballot, find out if you can vote early, which you can in a lot of different places, and that'll eliminate a lot of the pressure on the election workers during uh, election day itself and maybe decrease some of the lines and decrease some of the risk of uh, spread during the this uh, pandemic election. So please make a plan, do your research, make sure that you uh, know where and when you're voting and how you're voting and uh, and, and ex- exercise your rights. Because if, if we don't do that, then we really don't have any right to complain about uh, what's been going on. So just my little PSA for now. And uh, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host and I'm very excited to be joined once again by my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Anna Frost to my Anna Kendrick. Phil Vondra, welcome back to The Pain Cave. Thank you. It's good. It's good to be here. I feel like I was only here yesterday, but actually it was the day before. So <laughs> feel good to be back. We've been having a lot of fun recently, Phil, doing some kind of rapid fire episodes. We launched our kind of 20 questions miniseries with a few people and had a good talk with Megan Roche the other day. I'd encourage folks to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, and that uh, yeah, that, that was that was fun. Um, but tonight it's just you and I, uh, just like the old days. And we're going to do a this month in ultra running episode, although it's been several months since our last time. Obviously, COVID has slowed everything down in the ultra running world and... Therefore, there really hasn't been that much news, and or at least certainly not news enough to fill up a, a monthly podcast. But uh, we can do this every few months until hopefully the world sometime gets back to normal. That would be great. That would be awesome, yeah. There, there's a few bits and bobs, but uh, yeah, it's been a little thin. Yeah, yeah. But uh, things are starting to open up a little bit. We both got to race this past weekend, which was fun. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that and some other uh, some other of the big names getting back into action on the racing front. And, and uh, I think we'll probably stay a little bit away from FKTs this time around, but maybe some will pop up. Before we get started tonight, though, Phil, what are we drinking? Well, I'm going, I'm going old school. I've got a, uh, a treehouse here, treehouse Julius, uh, double IPA. That's how I roll. Nice. Uh, and it is extremely tasty. Excellent. Yeah. I am going to open a Lagunitas Daytime IPA. It is... 
kind of a low-carb session IPA type thing. Uh, so here we go. Well, I'd like to George, say it George sounds. I, I'd like to say it sounds tasty, but it sounds absolutely terrible. But uh, anyway, that's not I'm, bad. Uh, All right, good. Yeah, All right. not too bad. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Drink it slow. Don't rush. <laughs> it's a Don't session. You got to drink them quickly. Okay. Well, a session for most is not a session for you. So, <laughs> it's a good thing. That is the truth for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Phil, as we said, uh, we've been getting back into a little bit of the racing scene, and there have been a few races that kind of caught our eye. Uh, where do you want to start? Should we start on the East Coast, or should we head out West? Uh, I think we start West, because, you know, a few, a couple of d decent kind of mountain races took place out West, so maybe we'll, we'll start there and work our way back and uh, finish in the Azores. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, before we talk about the the races that actually happened out west there were a couple of big cancellations i mean that's obviously not news to anybody but there were there were a few kind of larger or medium to larger races that were still kind of holding out hope on the calendar uh even after you know the 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 big ones had already fallen um that it looked like were actually going to happen run rabbit looked like it was going to happen up until kind of the last minute and then you know the kodiak 100 which is a um a race that we don't talk about too often, but was getting a little bit of buzz this year because it was it had I guess become the uh, the world championship for the um, the new Spartan Trail series, um, and so they yeah. put some money into it and they had a really good field lined up for the hundred, and yep. it, it looked like about fifteen thousand dollars worth of prize money between the men and the women, which is you know nothing. Yeah, to, I think it was actually even at. more than that. I think it was almost twenty three thousand dollars. Wow. Prize money. Yeah. Yeah, between men and women, they were going to have like forty. 40 men, 40 women, elite runners, you know, you had to, uh, you know, posted some uh, either the ITRA points or, you know, fast time in like 100 mile or 100K, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it looked like they were putting together a pretty good field and it, it and they were COVID compliant. And then, of course, uh, you know, California went up in flames and it sounded like the wildfires were what knocked that one out. Yeah, it's a shame. And that was uh, that was really looking like it could be, a you know, a good uh, a good race. Yeah, yeah. So there was a scramble there after uh, Kodiak canceled and, and Run Rabbit, and um, you know some of the the folks who had been targeting those races were casting about looking for a last minute replacement, and uh, some of them found it at the Bear One Hundred, I think. Yeah, the Bear. Um, it's a great race. It's such a such a fantastic race. From um, uh, goes from Logan, Utah to Fishhaven, Idaho. I did it last year. It's a real classic. And uh, Jimmy Alan taking the win there for the men, 1838. And then uh, Ashley Paulson, I believe she's a retired triathlete, 22-24 for her. So tell and they had a fantastic year for it. Tell us a little bit about that, that, that race and that race course because you had some, uh, some good experiences there. Yeah, point-to-point -point race um takes place you know at a great time of year because the leaves are starting to change colors uh really really well organized amazing uh, aid stations some good climbing on it a little bit of altitude nothing crazy i think maybe the highest point is about eight and a half thousand feet something like that but uh yeah it's a fantastic race and they've had pretty bad weather over the last few years but this year was exceptional um so uh Nice to uh, finish a race, not totally and utterly caked in mud. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. It sounds like in the past that the, the mud has been, I think, a major issue there. You, both you had yeah. it and I think uh, Brian, our you know training partner, had it as well. 
when he yeah. he was there. Um, It'd be a real a slip back. and slide. Um, yeah. So Jimmy Elam, who's, who's um, you know kind of a, a young gun, who's kind of burst onto the scene the last couple of years. Uh, fairly dominant victory, nearly two hour victory margin. Yeah. Uh, over a solid field, and yep. um, decent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, eighteen thirty, mid eighteen thirties, I think, which is you know a pretty a pretty good time on uh, a course with a good bit of climbing, and uh, you know puts him right in the middle of the top ten there, uh, all time on that course. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, that was that was good, very good. The other big one, uh, the other big race where the the field benefited, I think, from like we said, some of these other cancellations and people looking around for last minute races was I Am Tough, which is another race that we've talked about before on this show. But uh, this year, I think I Am Tough has a, a reputation as a good, hard, well, uh, well-directed, well-run race, but not one that is usually on the radar of a lot of the elite athletes. Uh, but this year saw a really elite yep. field, uh, again, because I, I think there just wasn't that much else out there. But um, there, was, there were some yeah. really big names that, that showed up at I Am Tough. And, and uh, I, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to say a, a surprise win, but maybe a slightly unexpected win. Jason Schlapp? Yeah, I mean, Schlapp's great. And, you yeah. know, his, his his record over the uh, over the past several years is is tough to question. And, and you know, he's got he's had a, a long career going back to, uh, you know, the early part of the decade. And he's been, you know, top five at um, at uh, UTMB before and stuff like that. But, um, you know, in the field that lined up there, I, I, I he, he wouldn't have been my pick for the win. Let's put it that way, um, especially right. when especially when Dakota Jones shows up. Dakota rarely shows up. Yeah. Uh, to do anything other than win. Um, and uh, Schlarp kind of took it to him. Yeah, I think they had a pretty tight race. I think uh, Jason only won by maybe, was it under an hour, something like that? I, I think so. Maybe, but yeah, it was, it was a very tight race, I think, between those two. But yeah, I mean, he loves the mountain stuff. And I think this course was a little bit altered because they'd actually had some fires there and they'd had a storm that had come through. Um, so actually they had to change some of the course and it was actually harder than the regular course. It had a little bit more climbing, I think. Um, you know, and I think he really thrives in that kind of stuff, you know, with the, the tough kind of, uh, you know, mountain uh, runs. Yeah. So, yeah, good good win for him there. Yeah, very good win over Dakota, who, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all, <laughs> Maybe it's because he doesn't race that often, but I'm, I'm like always a, a little bit surprised when Dakota shows up and doesn't win for some reason. Um, you know, great, great runner, a great career, and, uh, you know, uh, that's a that's a feather in the cap for Slarb to be sure. Yeah, um, totally. And uh, yeah, I mean, some other good names up there. A, a good field on the women's side. Emily Hoggood, another name that we talk about, uh, you know, with some regularity here, with a solid win uh, yep. on the women's side over Katie Asmus, another good uh, mountain hundred yep. runner. Um, so yep. some some big names that again a race that we don't always see the biggest name showing up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it looked like um, you know definitely. I think with the, uh, the the Kodiak getting cancelled, a lot of you know faster faster runners turned up here. I mean, you always get some fast people here, but it was a little deeper, I think, this year. Any um, any desire to run that race in the future? Definitely, yeah. I think it could be could be on my radar for next year. Brian, I think was supposed to run it this year. He was, yep. But he he had to, you know, with the, the COVID situation, he had to pull out. Yeah, the travel has really gotten to be problematic. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and and it looks amazing. It it does. It looks really cool. Um, um, it it frightens me a little bit. I don't know if I have the uh, the chops for something quite that demanding. 
Well, I think one thing that will spur you on is they have, um, at one of the aid stations, they have a whole bunch of miniature goats there. And I know you're, you have a little bit of a passion for miniature goats. So uh, that would spur you on. That's about 75 miles. So, you you know, you can uh, have a little little R&R during the race. With to, to, get my goat, to get my goat fix. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you have a similar beard to them, so. Right. Yes. No, the, the, the resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> they probably come up to you like, hey, welcome back to the, to the hood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else have we got? We got a, we've got a couple other good ones, right? Well, the, the one, uh, the other one that, that on the hundred mile front where, which is a race that we've talked about that I really do want to run is, is the Yeti 100, um, totally. down yeah, in Virginia. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that, that's one that I want to put on the, I, I mean, I, I think I'd like to put that on, on the schedule right now for next year. Definitely. Yeah. It looks amazing. And, uh, Pat Reagan out there running, uh, running a nice one, right? 1333. Yeah, uh, 1333, 1336, something right around there, I think. Um, yeah. Course record, wasn't it? I believe so. Um, yep. I mean, that, that from, from all reports, that sounds like a, you know, super, uh, super pretty, but also super runnable, like all trail, but a yep. lot of kind of, you know, carriage roadie type stuff, which is, as you know, the stuff that I really like. Um, and, uh, you know, some climbing, but nothing that's necessarily, you know, hike you know, a, a definite hike type thing. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, something that sounds right up my alley. Plus, yeah, um, I, one of the cooler, uh, belt buckles that I've ever seen. I think could possibly be the coolest belt buckle I've ever seen. I mean, it has a rainbow and a unicorn on it. What else do you need in a belt buckle? <laughs> I mean, again, apart from like a hook to attach your belt, but yeah, I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. We'll be there next year. Okay, yeah. And that's... on the women's side, uh, Nicole Monette, sixteen nineteen, fast. That's rolling. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, moving that's really moving. Go, uh... and, and, you know, like we said, a, run, a runnable race, but not a flat race. I mean, there's definitely some no, climbing to some it. Climbing. And it rained, I think, from start to finish. Yeah, they, they were not. Easy day out no, there. they were not the benefit of, of you know, great weather, unfortunately. They didn't see unicorns and rainbows out there. Well, maybe they did in the night, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely tough. So, yeah. Good, uh, good stuff there. Yep, yep. Um, this past weekend, a couple races went down. Uh, the big one on the East Coast um, in the Southeast was the Stump Jump 50K, uh, presented by yep. Rock Creek, which uh, has been going on Chattanooga, for... Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? Yeah, that, that one's been you know a big regional race for know, at least the last 15 years plus. Um, and uh, you know that's one of the ones where the, the good old boys from the Southeast will get there and throw down. And um, mm -hmm. we saw a, a really nice performance out of Seth Ruling, who I think we last heard from um, when he put up that unbelievable performance at JFK last year, um, yeah. and showed he's really in form with a, um, I think a, a win in four Oh nine, um, not far off. I'm, uh, I think he was only about 20 minutes off the course record there. And that's a long standing right. record. Max King was there too, although I don't know exactly what happened and I don't see his name anywhere in the results. So, um, right. I, you know, Max, Max has been, you know, flying under the radar a little bit, as uh, as many people have this summer. Um, but yep. uh, sounded like he was excited and ready to go uh, for this one as kind of a tune-up for the um, the the conclusion of the Golden Trail series, or however that is going to conclude. Um, and he sounded ready to roll, so I'm not sure if there was an injury yeah. issue or or uh, a wrong turn. Possibly or what. abducted by aliens or a DNF, maybe, or still on the course, lost. Yeah, it's definitely one of those three. Yeah. 
has to be. <laughs> um, or maybe he's still trying to figure out how the Golden Trail series works. Because <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Why don't you take uh, us through that one? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. All right. So it's going to be in the Azores. The final is going to be in the Azores. It looks like they took the top 11 runners, men and women, from last year. They'll be going. And then they had this like weird kind of thing where you could run segments in your country. There were certain segments. If you ran the fastest on that, like a, you know, a Strava segment, then you would qualify. So rather than having these races, you would go and uh, run a segment. And, and if it was fast enough, then you qualify. And then they picked like a bunch of random people. Get out of here. That's um, how they did it? Yeah. So, so what, did, um, did you see what any of the segments were? Um, you know, I, I can't see them, but I, I've got the names here. You know, they basically had um, X number of golden tickets. I think there were 76 in total. Okay. Um, and uh, they had them. I'm looking at the countries here. There, must have, there was something in Poland, Sweden, Czech Republic, Finland, France, Portugal, Germany, Italy, Mexico, Belgium, Switzerland, USA, Norway. That's where it looks like, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, the the people that got the tickets are coming from. Um, and then, you know, uh, on the uh, like the side for like the U.S. runners, you know, there's a few names there like Joe Gray, Jim Wormsley's on there, Max King's on there. Um, you know, so Jim Wormsley won the like the golden segment USA Arizona. Max King won the golden segment USA Pacific Northwest. Joe Gray, Colorado. Hmm. So I don't quite know what the segments were, but I know they had to run something and then submit their time and I guess their GPX file. Huh. And then they were selected based off that. So, Wow. That's... Bring out the e-bike, right? Yeah, seriously. But I mean, we still that... wouldn't even win. <laughs> That's No, going against Joe, Max, and uh, and uh, and Jim, you're, you're going to need a rocket You ship. need an e-motorbike. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, wow. It be good, right? I mean... No, There's look, hey, really you put those names, names yeah, put put those names in against uh, some of the best from across around the world. Killian's supposed to yeah. be there. Um, Killian's going. Yep. There's, I mean, could could see fireworks for sure. Yeah. Do you know anything about then, the? You know, you know anything about the Azores, the Azores? Um, well, it's an island in the Atlantic Ocean, kind of off Portugal, um, and it's pretty hilly. It should be amazing. Yeah, I mean, looking at, you know, the top, obviously the top 11 from last year, men and women are like, you know, the kind of top mountain runners. Sure. Sage is going to be there, you know, Killian, David Magnini, um, you know, it has all of the, uh, you know, top top mountain runners, Ruth Croft, you know, that the, those kind of names. So, yeah, it should be, should be exciting. And I think it's uh, beginning of October, end of, uh, sorry, uh, beginning of November, end okay. of October, beginning of November. So okay. that's that looks great. And, uh, you know, Salomon do a great job with uh, filming these things. So it yeah. should be cool. Yeah. Well, you know, we were just lamenting on our last show with Megan, the kind of the loss of the North Face 50 as kind yeah. of the season ending, you know, championship, yeah. uh, you know, de facto championship for the year for a lot of the elites. And, and we were just saying how how it was nice to, you know, have this to look forward to as kind of the capper to the season and people can make their last um last kind of cases for ultra runner of the year and that sort of thing. And, and it, it's a shame that that's gone away and, and well, maybe this will be the new thing. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if, if it's going to get that kind of buy-in from, uh, you know, not just the Solomon athletes and, uh, but also, 
you know, the, the big names from around uh, the U.S. and around the yeah. world. That's I mean, it's, cool. it's a great list of names. That's awesome. It should be exciting. And then it won't be like the final the final they had in Annapurna last year where I think half the field got lost on the mountains. So, well, hopefully it won't be, be like a little that. bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. With any luck. With any luck. Uh, you got to race this weekend, Phil. Tell us about Cat's Tail. I did, yeah. Got out on the Cat's Tail Marathon course. It was the uh, sixth running of the race. Uh, it was a beautiful day. Absolutely great temperatures. Nice and cool to start. Didn't get particularly hot. Uh, you know, the leaves are changing up there. It was a slightly reduced field. Uh, people went off in uh, small groups. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a wonderful day. Really just just so nice to be up in the Catskills. Uh, it was won by Dan Grip, broke the course record, 4.18. Uh, and then the women's winner was uh, Amelia Kaufman. Uh, I think she's won it before. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic day. Some good times went down. Um Managed to sneak in the top 10, fortunately. Uh, you know, nice. slightly reduced field, which probably helped me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great day. Uh, and uh, I do believe you're the uh, 24-hour champion of the uh, three days at the fair, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in Maybe a sec. Maybe run us through that. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just to talk a little bit more about Castell. Amelia, that was, I think, her second win there. She won in 2018, yes. and I think she was yep. a runner-up last year. Um, and 418 on that course is, I mean, that's moving. Uh, for far. those for those really of you who fast. aren't familiar with the Cat's Tail course, uh, that's a you know very technical trail marathon uh, with uh, what is it about eight thousand feet of climbing or more? Yeah, about seven thousand yeah. actually. Over but over yeah, twenty six miles, very burly. It was, it was a little wet and a lot of lee. You know, it was quite a slick course because mm-hmm. we'd had a little bit of rain, but the day was actually very nice and uh, a lot of leaves all over the course i mean he he must have been flying to do 418 that's really really impressive yeah that's sneaking under the course record that was set last year by uh, yeah. liam cregan ran 419 last year i yeah, think exactly um yeah. and About uh, a minute faster yeah and so i mean you know anytime you're taking down one of liam's records that's that's impressive yeah um especially on a technical course like that liam's a very accomplished technical trail runner at uh, races like seven sisters and, and that sort of thing uh, and the escarpment trail run so um, yeah, no, a good day out. Uh, you know, I, again, reduced field size because of uh, the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. But uh, sounds like Mike and Charlie did a, another excellent job there. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I was down at three days at the fair, uh, which is a, uh, you know, timed event, multi-day event and, uh, you know, multiple different events going on or different races going on during the course of uh, the six days. It's called three days at the fair because initially uh, about 10 or 11 years ago when it started, that was the longest distance that they are the longest time that they offered. Uh, they now have a, a six day, a three day, a 48 hour, 24 hour, and uh, multiple 12 hours, six hours, marathons, 50 Ks that are kind of going on all at various times during the week. So um, the six day folks had a, a bit of weather early on, I think on night two or night three, it basically rained the entire night. Uh, so yeah, that was crazy, right? It was, it was that, hammering. that seemed really unpleasant. Uh, yeah. But, you know, from from the 48 hour mark on, uh, things were, were really pretty ideal. It's a yep. one mile paved loop. There's a, a little bit of a hill at the start of each loop, um, which, you know, as you as you're aware, you know, these tiny little hills that you don't even think about when you first look at them uh, by the, you know, 110th time around. You're just like, God yeah, damn, this fucking hill. At that point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, oh, thank God I can walk. You've got your poles thing. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, no, I I did the twenty four. I didn't didn't quite have the day I wanted, you know, which is you know kind of <laughs> par for the course, I guess. Enough you for know? the win, though, right? Enough for the win. Um, yeah, I I, I uh, had some some designs on a, a fairly decent sized number and was on pace for six hours or so. But you know, yeah. I was just telling Dave today it was um, it was the kind of thing where the the last time I'd run a twenty four, uh, I had the first the, really the first twelve hours felt basically effortless, and you know it was I, I was holding back the entire way. And, and this was the opposite. It, 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 it felt smooth and it felt, you know, relaxed enough. I wasn't working hard, but I certainly wasn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't as effortless as I kind of was, was needing it to be, to be able to maintain that kind of pace. And, you know, from, from hour six to about hour 10, I, I really did not cover a lot of ground. Right. Um, I, I really, you know, I was a little bit down and, and, um, you know, I, I was a lot, my my legs were a lot more beat up than I was expecting them to be at that point. And, and somewhere around the eight hour mark, I actually just stopped for about 10 or 15 minutes and was just trying to massage my legs with this like massage gun that I borrowed from Alex, um, which worked somewhat. But, you know, it was the kind yeah. of thing it, it, to, to put up a really big number in a 24. You really need things to go, yeah, you know, totally. perfectly. You, yeah. you really can't unless you're Camille. You can't have, you know, these these big down periods. You, you really got to just keep everything moving smoothly the yeah. whole time and that wasn't the case but still 120 miles is is decent you know it's moving it's yeah, what, yeah like no, 11 minute miles is it yeah um, somewhere around there um i was able to you know past the nine ten hour mark i actually was able to get into a nice rhythm from from about from about 10 hours to 20 hours or so i actually put in a bunch of like 9 30 to 10 minute miles which uh, which was great i went from i went from about eight miles down to about 12 miles ahead uh in that yeah, period I saw that. so yeah. Um, or more. Uh, so that, that was, yeah, that was nice. And then, um, you know, the last couple hours was, was basically just a, a walk until, uh, uh, until I got to 120 and then, uh, just, yeah. uh, basically stopped with, uh, about 90 minutes to go, but yeah, I saw that. Actually. Yeah. So, and the, the women's winner was, uh, Rachel Belmont, 117 miles. Yeah. And she, she was, she looked Solid. great. She, she was, yeah. um, she was actually ahead of me for quite a while. She was, um, right. uh, and, and she was turning some very fast laps. It was, it was, it was kind of interesting because, you know, most people try and run fairly steady, and she had just she would. There were times when it looked like she was just sprinting almost, and she oh. was, I think, trying to open up her stride and just keep you know her muscles uh, kind of loose. Um, and, and she, you know, there were times when she would just go flying right behind me, and then she'd be walking a little while later. Right. It, was, it was an interesting strategy, mm -hmm. uh, but she no, she did really well. She. Um, you know, we were when I when I was at one twenty when I was at one nineteen one twenty we were walking together for the last couple of laps there and she was about eight miles seven or eight miles behind me at that point um, and, right. and after I stopped she put a few more miles in uh, because she actually had she she wound up second overall and um, yeah the the third overall uh, finisher was also female and and they they wound up not too far apart so she had to keep moving uh, uh, to right. to kind of okay. hang on to that and and I just I, I kind of knew I wasn't getting caught by the end but. The, uh, yeah, so a, a decent day, and, and always good to get a win, and, and 120 is not not bad. Um, but the, so um, the the big news the, was in the 48. Um, yeah, there was a there was a lot of there was actually a little bit of press coming in because you know Camille was there. Um, yeah. she had, I think she had had designs on going to maybe Hungary for the Emu uh, multi day for a shot at right. some some record breaking, yeah. and that and that didn't right. go through. So she she came here looking for. She she basically as as is her want she threw it out there that she was going after not just the uh, women's world record but was going to go after the men's American record which is 262 yep. miles by mm -hmm. Olivier LeBlanc and said she wanted a shot at uh, Giannis Coris's world road record which is 269 miles 
And uh, she certainly went out after it. She was through, I mean, she ran, uh, I think, a 3.30 for her first marathon and uh, right. was through 100 miles in uh, something under 16 hours, I think. But, uh, you know, did not last a whole lot longer than that. It sounded like she had some pelvic issues um, in terms of, I don't know, tightened up or whatever. But she, she made it through 110 miles in 18 hours and uh, right. kind of called it quits after that. But and she uh, she showed up with a huge bag of uh, expensive Nike running shoes, right? Couple of couple of thousand dollars worth of uh, high tech Alpha Flies ready to. I, well, I, I know she changed uh, from one pair of Alpha Flies to another at like the fifty mile yeah. mark. So God knows how right. many she actually brought to this thing. <laughs> um, but uh, most people can't get their hands on one pair. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you know the big news coming out was uh, after she she dropped out. You know uh, Marisa Lezak, who's one of her uh, athletes, one of Camille's coached athletes, and who is the right. defending road hundred mile national champ, um, mm-hmm. and is probably going to be, I think, Camille's teammate on the the world twenty four hour team for next year. Um, she was only she was not far behind Camille. She yeah, they, they went that. through twelve hours, only yeah. a few miles apart. I think at, t- at twelve hours, Camille was at eighty one, which seemed absolutely bonkers Huge. to me yeah. and and then marisa was only uh only four miles behind 77 miles through the first 12 hours of her first 48 wow. and yeah. uh she 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 held on she looked great she had some down periods that i could tell for sure but mm-hmm. uh you know we ran together or not together but you know we saw each other over and over over the course of uh her last 24 hours when she was running she was running phil she looked smooth really? and wow. um nice. She was turning over, you know, 10, 11 minute miles plenty of times. And uh, she, the last few hours, rallied unbelievably well and broke Tracy Falbo's American record of 242 miles by about uh, a little over a mile, 243.5. Wow, that's impressive. And then uh, Bob Hearn was there as well. Bob he was there. On the men's side. Yep. They, he, and, he and Marisa were actually in a little bit of a battle, I guess, for the overall win. It was hard to tell yeah. who was leading. I think Marisa had the upper hand most of the day. Um, you know, as I said, she went through 12 hours in 77 miles. Bob was about eight miles behind her at that point. Uh, right. By the end of the first 24 hours, they were only a few miles apart. They were both in the mid 130s. And, uh, and they stayed just within a couple miles of each other the whole time. Bob is, uh, Bob's pretty amazing, man. He, um, yeah. he looked to be suffering every time I saw him for like 18 hours. Right. And wow. he, uh, but he he can power walk faster than anyone I've ever seen. Wow! It was amazing. He was like a race walker, and then when he ran, he was running. Uh, but yeah. he he was definitely on. He has a uh, you know as as we know about Bob, he has a plan. He knows what the plan is. He yep. sticks to it. Um, yeah. I think he had designs on uh, Olivier's two hundred and sixty two. Uh, yeah. That that didn't happen. But he wound up running two hundred and forty, uh, breaking his own age group American record by eight miles, um, bettering this, the 232 he ran a few years ago. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. it sounds like it was pretty good. I mean... It was fun to see those guys, especially uh, the last couple of hours, really dig deep and gut it out. I mean, uh, yeah. it was impressive to see Bob, too, because, you know, he had, he had that record, uh, obviously, in hand for the last couple of hours. He didn't really need to push to 240, um, but really put it out there for, for anyone else who wants to take a shot at that. And he's he's about to age out of the group. You know, if this race had been a week later, he would have the uh, fifty-five to fifty-nine age group record by a good bit. Oh wow! So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but so uh, it was a good. It was a good day. It was it was fun to be around people and see people and yeah, you know what felt like a fairly normal kind of environment or as normal yep. as a multi day race can be. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats again, man. Thanks. Nice to get that win. Thank you. What else? What uh, anything else going on that we wanted to talk about? I think that's kind of it. I mean, there hasn't been a lot going on. Um, now, one of the one of the big stories that kind of popped up that I don't know that anyone was expecting was um, the the Hard Rock uh, entries for next year got uh, modified quite a bit. I guess yeah. the organizers of Hard Rock basically, you know, staring down a uh, you know two straight years of cancellations and God knows what was going to happen with their lottery, which is already you know a bit of a mess uh, just in terms of backlog of entrants. They bit the bullet and and just made some real drastic changes to how next year's race is going to be run. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they, uh, you know, took out a whole bunch of people that have run the race before and then basically cleared the, the wait list of people that have never run before. So, you know, they added, I think, 40 odd names to the list or maybe 50 names. It, off the wait list so it, it looked to me like they took out anyone who's ever run it before i mean except except for the defending champs right i mean sabrina yeah. and jeff are still in there they were the winners in uh in 2018 yeah um i i don't know that there's anyone else on the start list as it stands right now that has ever finished or run it yeah actually i think you're right yeah so it's pretty interesting i mean it's pretty good because i mean you know the two-year backlog now you know that for a race that's as hard to get into as as hard rock that's a huge backlog yeah you know i mean that's you know people are looking at a, a large number of years where you even have half a chance to get into that so yeah good for them so you know our buddy brian has got in there so brian's in fantastic. Uh, a few other people that we know are in and a few others that are you know looking on the it looks like they cleared the wait list of all but never starters as well so the wait list is going to or the the remainder of the field will be filled by all first timers so it'll be it'll be very interesting it will um have an impact on what we were looking forward to now for a couple of years as probably the most competitive edition at least in recent memory uh of the of yeah. the hard rock and you know we were looking at a battle between um killian uh i think xavier uh francois um uh dylan and uh, Jeff, and, and there might have been a couple others. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, this is going to knock a few of them out. It's still, it'll still, you know, we'll still have uh, Debo and, and, and Francois, I guess, are still on the start list. Yeah, never they're starters. both still in there. But, I mean, I think they'll probably add some of those elites anyway because they have the room still to add those guys. So, you know, that would make sense to, Maybe. to add them in. You know, there is some discretion with the, with the entry there. So, Right, and I wonder if that's why they haven't quite filled out the entire field yet it, it yeah from I'm what's sure. published yeah. online it's only about two-thirds full right now so yeah um yeah. you know I, I think we're and and as we said they've cleared those other wait lists the only people appearing on the wait list right now are the never starters so mm-hmm. right we're assuming that it's just going to be all those but but right are they holding out some discretionary picks for you know to build that elite field back up that would be cool because i think, I think we were, they will i think we were looking forward to to seeing a real battle there um, which yep. we haven't necessarily had, at least outside of the top, maybe uh, two or three runners. Um, Sabrina still in, obviously, as the defending champ on the women's side, and some good women's names yep. as well uh, in, among the never starters. So, you know, we could still see some some good racing there. Uh, we can hope, at least. 
One other thing that we uh, we both kind of that that struck both of our uh, attention in the last couple of weeks was uh, um, Dylan's interview on the well with uh, Tom Evans, who we're yeah, both big great. fans of. That was really, really, really cool. Good. And uh, just one thing that he mentioned kind of at the end when talking about some races that he uh, is excited about doing or wants to do in the future is is Barkley. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I think he will do well there. And, like you know, like I said, you know, he's a, a guy that was in the Army. You know, he has good navigation skills. Uh, he's obviously extremely talented and fit and determined. I think, you know, I think he'll be he'll be pretty uh, pretty uh, good there, you know. I think he, he's going to have a very good chance. I'm, uh, I'm not sure what makes somebody like Tom Evans want to do Barkley. I, I just I think he thrives on that kind of challenge. I don't know. I guess I guess, I mean look, I don't I don't know what makes anyone really want to do Barkley, but you know, this is a guy who's running 63 minute half marathons and you know, theoretically is yeah. a you know, low two teens marathoner and and you know, is going to have his shot at winning any number of top flight ultras. Uh, you know, he was on the podium last year at Western States and he's won CCC and and he's talked about, you know, UTMB and I'm you know, I wouldn't bet against him there. He certainly got as good a shot as, yeah. as anybody else there. And you know, if you can win those kind of things, uh, I, you know, why? <laughs> it might be a few years down the road for him. I mean, you know, when he says it's on his radar, I mean, three to five years isn't, you know, probably not on his radar for next year. But, you know, five years down the road, I can see him. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe giving it a shot at that point. Right. You know, the the the, the thing about Barkley is, you know, and and. You know, we've had Maggie on the show and talking about how you do need to be able to run fast because you need to be yeah. able to take care. You need to be able to take advantage of the the few points when when you're running. Um, but you know, fast folks do not have a, a great history at Barkley. Um, yeah. You know, the the people who have done really well there. Not, I'm not saying that they're slow, but um, you know, you're not you're not talking about uh, elite road speed when you're talking about guys like uh, Jared Campbell and and. Um, you know, we we tend to put Gary Robbins in in the finishers category, even though he's mm. he's come close but not, hasn't actually made it. But you know, like it, it's a tough man's race for sure, and it's obviously a navigational challenge and everything else. But you know, uh, when when the fast people show up there, I, I mean, you know, we can we we tend to forget how fast somebody like Wardian is just because he's kind of omnipresent and is always there. Yeah. But that dude's run, you know, in the the two teens many many times. Um, right. And he's run, you know, 250x low in the 50k on multiple occasions. Yeah. That dude's got real speed, and he made one lap barely. I don't even yeah. know if he made one <laughs> lap under the cutoff. I mean, it, it's, you know, just speed doesn't do it. And and you know, like you said, Tom has a, a, a military background, and and you know, he may be a navigational genius. I have no idea, but I don't know. It, it it's <laughs> that race is beyond me. I think it's something good to look forward to. Hopefully, he'll do it in a few years, and you know we'll see, we'll see him have a good run there. But uh, yeah, it was definitely, I guess, so far out of his kind of current wheelhouse. It was kind of yeah, that that was the kind of the thing. You know, having just run a sixty-three minute half marathon, you know, to then say I'd like to do Barclay uh, was was kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. How do we always wind up talking about Barclay on this show? It's ridiculous. Right. But uh, actually, one last thing on Hard Rock was uh, Courtney's in Hard Rock as well. Right. So pretty, that's pretty interesting. So 
you know, that should make it make it a good race. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how her year comes together next year. Uh, you know, we, we were talking uh, last year about how it was going to be a, a hell of a summer for her trying to do, because she was looking at, at a summer of basically uh, states, uh, Hard Rock and UTMB, um, all in a basically a two-and-a-half-month stretch, I guess, um, or three-month three, three stretch. Uh, I don't know if she's going to try and duplicate that or try and pull that off next year, assuming all three of those races come online. That That's a tall order even for her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's she, if anyone can do it, though, she can probably do it. But For sure, for sure. I mean, seeing her on the Hard Rock course would be, would be very cool. I mean, honestly, uh, I, look, you know, I, I love Debo, and, and I'll be excited to see him race Francois. I think that would be really exciting. But uh, seeing seeing Courtney go against Sabrina at Hard Rock, if that happens, that'll be the most exciting Hard Rock for me uh, ever, yeah. basically. Totally. That'll, yeah, it'll be amazing. Um, those are two of my favorite women to, to follow in the sport. And uh, I think that's I think that's basically Sabrina's home turf at this point. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and she, I don't think, will give up that crown easily, not even to the great Courtney no. DeWalter. So, um, we have some good stuff coming up next year. We've got, you know... We've got Barkley, we've got Hard Rock. The, <laughs> as long as we can make it, Phil. As long as we make it, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> we just, we just got to hang on for <laughs> another eight to ten months, and, and we'll be good. <laughs> we'll be fine. All right. Well, I think that should just about do it for this month in ultra running. Uh, Phil, thanks for coming back on. Congratulations on a great race this past weekend. Uh, you too, man. Thank you. What do you got coming up? Anything that we're looking forward to? Um, nothing really. I got a little bit of an FKT probably in December. Um, Excellent. You're going to tell us. Time. You're going to tell us where, or are you going to keep it under wraps? Uh, it's it's local. It's okay. going to be around here, so that's that's on the cards. But uh, I can talk more about that another time. But uh, anyway, that's that's something that's that's being planned. But that's it, really. Okay. All right. I can't wait to hear more about it. Maybe we'll reconvene after the Golden Trail Series. If there's anything else to talk about uh, next month, we'll, we'll do something then. And uh, until next time in the Pain Cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in the bus feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there I was still young I was still young I was still young